0: good morning we are so glad that you can be at central church as we are beginning today this journey where we're imagining where god is taking us imagine a community of believers where where everyone every single one of us everyone is following jesus heart soul mind and strength just what pastor james was talking about during spiritual renewal week right Imagine how such a church might impact their neighborhood and then that overflows into our workplaces and in our schools and in our homes and in our lives. Imagine with the in highlighted. Imagine the difference such a church could make if we all, every single one of us, followed Jesus. The Bible is full of crazy stories people trusted in Jesus where they just Jesus told them things that were shocking that went against common sense that that didn't make uh, that didn't add up and yet they trusted in Jesus John chapter 2 is one such story you've heard this story beginning in verse 3 the Bible says this when the wine was gone Jesus' mother said to him they have no more wine dear woman why do you involve me I'm not the caterer My time has not yet come. The mother said to his servants, do whatever he tells you. (laughs) Nearby stood six stone water jars, the kind used by Jews for ceremonial washing. Uh, Those jars held between 20 and 30 gallons of water. And Jesus said to the servants, fill the jars with water. So they filled them to the brim. Then he told them, now draw out some and take it to the master of the banquet. They did so and the master of the banquet tasted the water that had turned into wine. If I'm those servants I'm thinking why am I taking this ladle of water to the wine, to the to the, the wedding coordinator that's what this guy was. He's gonna he's gonna think what are what are we doing and they took to him the water that had been turned to wine and he was like wow this is awesome. Six jars, 20 to 30 gallons. That means that Jesus made between 120 and 180 gallons of wine. Now, I'm no wine connoisseur, but that's a lot of wine. I mean, that's some... part 180 180 gallons? What's going on? They couldn't drink that much wine. 180 gallons of wine? There wasn't that many people in Nazareth. What that tells me is that Jesus is an extravagant giver Always has been, always will be Imagine if we trusted in him Just imagine I, I don't need to read the story We all know the story When Jesus fed 5,000 You remember that story They fred, Everybody ate to their fill They were stuffed with bread and fish at the end And what happened at the end of that story? Right? They picked up 12 baskets full Leftovers Jesus is an extravagant giver, always has been, always will be. Imagine if we just trusted in him. Turn over to Luke chapter 5, Luke chapter 5, another crazy story. Beginning in verse 3, when he got into the boats, the one belonging to Simon asked him to put out a little from the shore, then he sat down and taught the people. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into the deep water, let it down, let down the nets for a catch. And Simon answered, master... All my land, we've worked all hard all night, haven't caught anything. Uh, but because you say so, I'll let down the nets. If I'm Peter, I'm thinking, I don't want to go out fishing anymore, I can catch anything all night long. I'm ready to go home, I'm ready to get, get you know, I need to sleep. I've just listened to the sermon, but now I need to go. I need to get some sleep. I got to go out tonight, catch some fish. The fish don't bite in the day. Can't catch them in the day. They're out there. We can't get them. Can't get them. This is dumb. This is dumb. This is dumb. But okay. Ah. if you say so. Verse six. When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that the nets began to break. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so full they began to sink. Now I, the Bible doesn't say it. Luke, Luke doesn't record it. But I think Jesus is kind of snickering on the sidelines. Don't want to go, don't want to go, don't want to go. Avalanche of fish. I told you boys, I told you. Jesus is an imagine and we just trusted in it. Just imagine. Imagine Jesus is in. Here's the lesson God provides from unlikely sources. And God works in unlikely ways. We can trust Him. All right, one more, one more, one more. How about this one? Luke 22. Luke 22 is a great story. This is about the the Last Supper Jesus told in verse 8. Jesus sent Peter and John, saying, Go and make preparations for us to eat the Passover. When, uh, Where do you want us to prepare for it? And he replied, As you enter the city, a man carrying a jar of water will meet you. Follow him to his house at the house of the enters, and ask the owner of the house. The teacher asked, Where's the guest room that he may eat the Passover f- with my disciples? He will show you a large room, all furnished. Make preparations there. Now, if I'm here, John, I'm thinking, What? You want us to go into Jerusalem? And find a guy carrying a jar. You know how big Jerusalem is? This is in Nazareth. There's a lot of people. You want us to find a guy carrying a jar? Which would have been a little bit odd. Because I hate to tell you ladies, that was women's work. And so to see a guy carrying a jar would be, would be a little odd. But still it's Jerusalem. There's a lot of people. It's busy. It's Passover. There's a lot of people. Jesus, you want us to find that? And then if we do, alright, alright, alright. We do see a guy carrying a jar and we stalk this guy doing women's work and we go to the the owner of the house where he lands and says hey the teacher wants to use the upper room and that guy's going to say what teacher you crazy i'm going to have the guy carrying the jar brush that jar over your heads get out of here but that's not what happened verse 13 so they left Found things just as Jesus told them, so they prepared this Passover dinner. Can you imagine the conversation Peter and John were having as they're, you know, setting the tables, getting out the silverware, putting the napkins in the right place? It's crazy. Jesus, I, ah, you know, we're trusting in Jesus, and this is what, imagine if all of us, unbelievable things, and Jesus working in unbelievable ways. One more, one more. Here, this is my favorite one. Matthew 17. Matthew 17 reads this. Verse 24. After Jesus and the disciples arrived in Capernaum, the collectors of, of the two drachma tax, <laughs> you can count on the tax collector to find you, came to Peter and asked, doesn't your teacher pay the temple tax? Yes, he does, he replied. Then Peter came to the house. Jesus was speak, was, was the first to speak. What do you think, Simon? He asked. From what do the kings of earth collect duty and taxes from their own sons and from others? From others, Peter answered. But then the sons are exempt. Jesus said to them, but that we may not offend them, go to the lake, throw out your line, take the first fish you catch, open its mouth, and you will find a four drachma coin. Take it and give it to them for, the tax, to, for my tax and yours. How am Peter? I'm thinking, Jesus, I've caught hundreds, no, thousands, no, tens of thousands of fish. And not once, not one single time has there been a four drachma coin, there hasn't been any coin, in the mouth of a fish. There's been seaweed, sometimes there's been another fish, maybe there's been a little bit of net, I don't know what, but there's never, ever, ever been a coin. You want me to go catch a fish and that bluegill, that, that tilapia, that trout, whatever it is I'm going to catch, and then I'm going to look in its mouth, and there's going to be the exact amount that we need to pay our tax. Yeah, that's what I'm telling you to do. Crazy, right? Crazy. Trust. Trust in Jesus. He's an abundant giver. Jesus provides from unlikely sources a fish in unlikely and he works in unlikely ways. I think if God had one thing to say to us, just one thing. To we who are believers Now if you're not a believer He would say (laughs) You know Get with the plan But if you've already Accepted Jesus In your heart and life And you know Jesus And you're doing your best To serve Jesus I think he would say One thing to us You know what it is Trust me Trust me with your worries Trust me with your family Trust me with your finances Trust me with the Doctor's appointment you got coming down the road. Trust me with what's going on in your school. Trust me with what's happening in your workplace. Trust me with those kids. Trust me with those grandkids. Trust me with every single thing. Just trust me. And if we just trust, if we as a whole church, collectively, individually, if we all just trusted Jesus... Oh, pandemic, just trust Jesus. That's not saying not be smart. Just trust Jesus in your life. That's what we're talking about here. Just trust Jesus. Last week, or, or this week, if you just got one, in your in those Imagine folders is as a, as a card like this, a commitment card, but we're not calling it a commitment card. Not yet, we will call it a commitment card on November 14th. That's when we'll be collecting these. Again, note to self, be here, don't skip November 14th. But it's a prayer card. And saying, Lord, what would you have me to do? And it's praying about that. Now don't be shocked if that happens and you really are serious about praying for it. And 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 in your mind comes a number that you think, Lord, (laughs) you you have not seen my bank statement. (laughs) You know what in the world? Lord, are you do you know do you know what bills I Lord? And sometimes I think the word stretches us. And sometimes he takes us from a comfort zone to a growth zone. Because there's, there's no growth in the comfort zone. And sometimes there's no comfort in the growth zone. And it's, it's a, a matter of trusting Jesus. Because that's what we're talking about. Trusting in the one who provides from unlikely sources and works in unlikely ways. I was at Olivet uh, this week and... and Dr. Chenoweth said this in one of the one of the uh, uh, meetings that I was at. He said, "God doesn't guarantee you to be wealthy; He wants you to be wise. God doesn't guarantee you to be healthy; He wants you to be holy." And I believe that's true. It's saying, "Teach me, Lord. Teach me to trust You. Teach me to trust in the God who provides from unlikely sources." in unlikely ways get out your other theological document that you brought with you today did you bring your other theological document on, I mean not your bible app not your manual to the church of the Nazarene not the theological not the works of John Wesley not the you know Calvin institutes for the baptists in the crowd not any of that No, not your you know, why, 12 reasons why Jesus is coming back in 21 throw that book away Jesus is going to come back when he's good and ready no, your other theological document. I, you brought it, unless you're like my kids who never carry money. Um, you brought it. Here, here, these. These are theological documents. Pastor, how is money a theological document? On the back of every single one. I've got a one, a five, a ten, a twenty, a fifty, a hundred. On the back of every single one, on the back of the one dollar bill, right above where it says one, it says, in God we trust. Isn't that a theological statement? I don't know what else it is. It's a theological statement. On the back of the 5, right above the Lincoln Monument, in God we trust. There it is. On the back of the 10, right above the U.S. Treasury Building, in God we trust. Over the Treasury Building. In the White House, on the 20, in God we trust. The Capitol Building, above that, on the 50, in God we trust. And above Independence Hall, where the Declaration of Independence was signed, and where there was a clue to find all that gold in the movie National Treasure. Mm -hmm. Dumb. In God we trust. Isn't that a theological statement? It's saying we're putting our trust in God Almighty, not in the mighty dollar. We're putting our trust in God Almighty. We're, we're, we're saying that, that he's in control, that he's my security, that he's my help. Now, John Rockefeller at the time was the wealthiest man in America, and he was asked, "How much money do you need?" Again, the wealthiest person really, probably in the world. And you remember his response? A little bit more. It's exactly right. Where was he putting his trust? Where are you putting your trust? Imagine if we all put our trust in God Almighty. Remember the Beatles song? People think they agree with the Beatles song, but they agree with the Beatles song in theory. I'm not sure if they agree with it in practice. And that is, I don't care too much for money. Money can't buy me love. Remember that song? I think people do. You know, they do care about money. Of course they do. And with good reason. It's not, it's not you know, it's, it's not a sin to care about money. We need money to buy, you know, Carla likes to eat. Gotta have food Carla likes to wear clothes You know, when when James Hayward was here Our revival speaker He talked about how he had more shoes than his wife I do not have more shoes than my wife I told our church board this week This is an interesting Here's an interesting Prince uh, fact Carla's shoe size Is the exact same shoe size As Pastor Joey's daughter, Elise Pastor Joey's daughter, Elise If you don't know, is in the first grade (laughs) So she wears these itty bitty little shoes Not probably that small These itty bitty little shoes And when she finds itty bitty little shoes That will fit her itty bitty little feet She buys them And so she's got a closet full You know A roof over your head It's not a sin to To need money God knows we need things Of course we need things But where are we putting our trust? Where are we putting our security? Where are we putting our hope? It needs to be, it must be, it has to be in God Almighty. That's the point we're trying to make. I don't care too much for money. Money can't buy me love. We need to put our trust in God Almighty. God the one who provides an unlikely From unlikely sources. It works in unlikely ways. Every single one of us. Everyone. I don't know your background. I don't know your history. I don't know your story. But I know this. You have been blessed. You're here. You're breathing and living. And God has worked in your life. And part of this season of generosity. Part of this trusting God is saying. I need to be thankful for the blessings that God has given me. I don't want to take for granted how God has worked. Again, I'm not trying to lay some guilt trip on you. This is no manipulation or obligation. I don't think Jesus doesn't come to us like he did to the rich young ruler. Uh, he, He may, but he doesn't for most of us say, all right, sell everything you got, you know, come and follow me. I don't think that, that's not the point. But to all of us, to all of us, he does say, will you trust me? Will you completely trust me? Will you follow me? The one who provides from unlikely sources and works in unlikely ways. Are you trusting me? A rich guy came up to Peter Marshall who at the time, this was years and years ago, at the time was the chaplain in the U.S. Senate. And, and he confessed to him that he had a problem and he said, I, I have a problem. I used, to, I used to tithe regularly, but now I make $500,000 a year. And this, is, you know, this was years and years ago. It would be like a million, maybe two today. He says, I can't afford to give $50,000 a year. He said, could you help me? And, and, And Peter Marshall said, yes. Yes, I'll pray for you. And this is a prayer he prayed. He said, oh dear God, I pray that you would reduce this man's salary to a place where he can afford to tithe. I don't think that's what the guy wanted him to pray. Imagine if we all trusted in Jesus with all areas of our life imagine if we did what we have here as our theme for the day living our life in complete and total trust in the Lord imagine relying on His strength when times are difficult imagine His power at work in you always imagine what it would look like if the entire church likewise completely was completely trusting in him watch one of our folks from our church emily west share her story
1: My name is Emily West, and I have been attending Central Church of the Nazarene for eight years. I was coming out of a church where they had like a youth ministry and everything, and so in my college years, trying to find like my purpose and kind of where I fit in um, was where I was at at that point in life. Um, and I felt like Central had that um, group of people that I could um, kind of grow with and surround myself with. I'm on the benevolence team, so I do phone calls to families who may need their consumer's energy bill paid for or their rent paid for and having those conversations to see what their need is. And that's been really cool to see just the level of gratitude from those families and um, have them know what central is in the community. Jesus is pretty clear about how we are supposed to treat people who are disenfranchised and who are down on their luck and who are poor. And I think if we can show them just the true, authentic Christ, I think, I think that that draws people in. Central doing that kind of stuff really gets to the heart of who Jesus is. One of the things that God has just always put on my heart ever since I was little is I always wanted to foster and. For a really long time, I was kind of like sitting there waiting, um, thinking, okay, well, when I get married, I'll be able to do that. And that's kind of how I like pictured my life being as I'm going to get married and I'm going to be able to foster. Well, my life hasn't exactly gone in that direction. And one of the things that I was really worried about was doing this by myself. I felt like I was going to be by myself and it was going to be really hard because I've seen um, families on my caseload. I work with a lot of single mothers and I've seen them struggle and I thought, okay, how am I going to do this? But I knew I was being obedient. God had put people in my life who were single foster parents and so. So I I chose to be obedient and it's shown me that um, that God is not limited to a certain type of family God's family is so much bigger and broader than what I had you know limited him to there there's a specific verse where it says he's the alpha and the Omega and I've always gone to that verse knowing that um, he goes before me and so I think that is that is what I think of when I think of trusting Jesus is know that he goes before me um, and I don't have to be afraid. I would love for us to obviously even grow bigger than we are. Um, I think that would be really great. But also just to um, see more diversity, just see people from all walks of life, all socioeconomic statuses, um, races, um, just completely different backgrounds. I would love it to be a reflection of what heaven is. It's very apparent that Central really cares about the community. I feel like we do have a really strong presence in the community. It's one of the reasons that I came here was because of the presence um, in the community with like the Boys and Girls Club and Upward Basketball and all the summer fests that we do and with BBC. Um, I, th- I think we have played a really strong role. And what excites me about the future here at Central is I don't think we're, we're holding back even post-pandemic. I think we have really exciting plans moving forward. I think it's going to even get even more bigger and exciting.
0: I love Emily's story. fostering uh, trusting that Jesus is going to help her you know that's who we need to be it's trusting in Jesus that's what this is about did you see her quote in the thing I chose to be obedient and it's shown me that God is not limited to a certain type of family God's family is so much bigger and broader than what I have limited him to how true that is Trusting in Jesus. The memory verse for the week. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways submit to him and he, not me, he will make your path straight. Trusting in Jesus. And we're entering in this generosity season and I told you last week it is crazy. Absolutely crazy. To think that we could raise, in the middle of the pandemic, $3.4 million. To pay off our debts so that we can give a half a million dollars a year away. To build a park so that our community would know that we love them. And to care for our nurseries and spruce them up a little bit. So when single moms like Emily bring their foster kids in, they'll say, Yeah, this church cares about me and cares about my kids crazy though to think that we could do that how in the world are we going to do it last week i gave you a baseball card and i said they said everybody take one and put it next to your prayer card the commitment card and and recognize that we all have to participate well here's a secret each week i'm going to give you a different card and then on commitment sunday i want you to bring us a card back but today's card is not a baseball card. I went through, I got football cards too. What I wanted to do is to give you all Lions players. <laughs> I don't know. I got, so I went through my cards, I picked out some Lions. Do you remember Mark Spindler? He was terrible. Remember William Gay? Rotten. Remember Michael Coffer? I don't remember him at all. Remember Rodney Pete? He was the quarterback. Did nothing. Benny Blades, thanks for nothing. Eric Anderson, there's my, Dennis Gibson, I don't even know who Dennis Gibson is. Here's the card for me, Wayne Fonts. Why in the world? I don't have Lions, I have football cards for everybody. They're not all Lions cards. You can be thankful for that. Why Why in the world would I give you a football card? Why would I want you to have a Lions football card? Well, that's what I figure. If anybody knows trouble, it's the Lions. <laughs> I'm giving you this card, not so that you'll pray for the Lions, but the <laughs> good Lord knows they need it. In fact, somebody when I was in Illinois this week, this week said, you know, you know, Rob, I was wishing that the world would get back to normal, that everything needs to get back to normal. I'm so tired of the pandemic, blah, 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 get back to normal. And now the Lions have gone through six games and they haven't won a game yet. It's normal. <laughs> punch that lady right in the face. No, I, didn't. I did not. I did not I did not punch her. That's true. She did say that to me. I wish you'd do that. It, seriously, though, I wish we, we did have Lions cards for everybody. Just to say, you know what? Life doesn't always work out the way we hoped. Things don't always go the way we planned them. Sometimes life throws us a curveball. That's a baseball analogy and I'm giving you out football cards. You know what I mean. Sometimes it doesn't go as planned. But you know what? The lesson for today? I can still trust in Jesus. No matter what comes my way, no matter what trouble, no matter what the phone call says, no matter what the doctor says, no matter what the teacher says, I can trust in Jesus. The one thing I can count on is trust in Jesus. And when we're following him, when we're listening to him, when we're talking to him, and we're paying attention to his promptings in our heart, and when we do what Jesus says to do, and just trust him, even when it seems crazy, fill up these water, these water pots, take to them to the, to the wedding uh, coordinator. Go out and fish, Peter, and when you fish, you're going to catch a fish that has a coin in its mouth, and then pay your taxes. When we just trust Jesus, even when it seems crazy, when we just trust Jesus, guess what? Miracles happen. God works in mighty ways.